And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Sports Cave. And Sports Cave. this is what I'm going to start saying from this point forward. I guess uh, I guess uh, we had some issues in the past, people who listen around their family. So uh, if you are new to listen to this and there are kids around, please understand that viewers' discretion is advised. Three, two, one. Fuck yeah, Sports Cave. We're back, baby. We are back 2024. I need my little boost of caffeine to put on a show for you, goddamn cocksuckers tonight. I didn't even give a I didn't even give a discretion there if there was kids in the room because cock 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 fuck fuck fuck. That's what yeah. we're here about 2024, Robbie. That's what we're here. You're, you're about first cocks, episode. You're about cocks in 2024. New Year, new Zach. We're here about just doing what we want to do. All right. So if you want to do shout some cocks in 2024, to, uh, Robbie. Shout out to Scuba Steve. And to my brother Tyler, this thing is fucking awesome. It will be getting hung on the wall soon. I had a, I think Steve got it yesterday in the mail, and I had some things I had to yeah, take I think care it's pretty of today. Sweet. So uh, this will. You the real MVP. That's a way to start off a goddamn New Year. That is a way That's to start, start off a goddamn New Year. New Year. Look at that, Milky Bobby, Bobby, Bob, Mike. Thank you, Milky, uh, Mr. Milky Mike, whoever you are. Welcome. We just to want the to take game. this moment to salute you, oh. the greatest fans in the world. And then you got my father with the subscription. This is off to a great, Bob, Milky great Mike. year thus well, far. The sports. Happy game. New Year to you fuckers as well. Yeah, Happy New Year um, to everybody. Hope everybody had a uh, guys, splendid one. Just to give you guys a rundown here, folks. We got Week 17 football. We got a recap. We got Week 18 football picks. Even the Week 18 is a little bit of a toss-up. Some very, very important games. Uh, some, if you're, if you're a many. commissioner that makes your fantasy football league go into Week 18, you should be arrested. You're an asshole. You're an asshole if you do that. You're an asshole. Bob, I am with you, baby. Cleveland is going to the Super Bowl. We can only hope. We can only hope. Well, Zachary, um, two things before we uh, before you proceed there. I yes, would sir? be unwarranted if I didn't understand. Oh, I got to log into Blurp. We've been off of fucking Blurp so long, I must log in. It's been a whole seven days, folks. Uh, Zachary took advantage of another amazing night at his cottage, as he should. It's 2024. Live your life with your friends. And... Uh, you know, I told him, I said, Let, let's just do a big, amazing show on Thursday. Thursday. We're going to do it on Tuesday, but that's where I made a good point. You might as well just, we'll save it all. We'll cram it into this Thursday. And then um, we're back to regular Monday and Thursdays. But, uh, Robbie, Ooh, Dad, so said, Dad said know. Cleveland going to the Super Bowl. Not. Yeah, I saw that. But, Bob, guess is also not going to the Super Bowl. The fucking Dallas Cowgirls. And with that, we tick, we tick off this episode with the Sports Cave. The NFL. Starting Happy off our NFL slate here. Thirsty Thursday. Yes, I'm going to have one in a little bit. Once this uh, espresso taste kind of filters down a bit. Get him a fucking beer right after a fucking espresso. You know what I mean, man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But starting off... Our NFL Week 17 slate, Robert. It was the Thursday night battle royale between my Cleveland Browns and Mr. Scuba Steve, who I believe is still banned, his New York Jets. Um, and basically, the Browns just went out there and just absolutely mollywopped them in every every aspect of the field. Just absolutely mollywopped them. Joe Flacco has to be the comeback player of the year. I mean, I, he just has to be. But you know what else I find funny? There's so much like debate this year for the comeback player of the year, but it's kind of really an award that no one really gives a fuck about. Until this year, because 
a lot of the regular football fans feel like what happened was a terrible, terrible accident that happened to DeMar Hamlin. But, but, what happened on the field last year compared to the play that he's playing should not dictate the award. It's amazing that he's able to, you know, he won the game of life like the doctors told him when he said, did we win the game? Yes, he won the game of life. But you're not producing wins for your team. Yeah. And Joe and- Flacco and Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley. You could put Dak Prescott into the equation if you really wanted to. You could put Possibly Lamar. Tua. Tua. There's so many worthy candidates that aren't going to get recognized because, and I think the NFL understands too, it's it's a big like publicity factor. Like, I remember the day of Zachary. I think we just got off the sports cave, and you know we're watching the game, and I'm screaming, "End the fucking game! End the game! Who cares about the game? This guy just died." And Skip Bayless put out that. Well, it's the first one of the year, Zachary. Skip Bayless put out that retarded no, tweet. No, oh, yep, sh- yep, first one of the year, and. That's all that mattered point was DeMar Hamlet. But now this award, I think he would understand as well that, you know, Joe Flacco's been amazing. Tua's been amazing. Yeah. Odell. Odell came back from a torn ACL. He's been good. You know, there's like people that have produced to their team that aren't going to win the award because of a political matter, essentially. Yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, Robbie, Browns get the job done. Welcome, Joey. uh, Welcome, Joey. Happy New Year, brother. Joe Flacco continues his amazing stand with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you know what made me happy, too, was the Jets guys coming up to him after going, we love you. We'll go out there and fucking win that shit. You know, yep. had a very short stand with the Jets. Obviously, didn't go too well with the Jets. Yeah. But it is going fantastic right now in Cleveland land. And that's all I got to say. 37-20 for the Cleveland Browns, Robbie. Shall we move on to the Saturday game, which has some very questionable play calling from Dan Campbell at the end of the game? Let's get into it. You know what? Joey's here. Dad's here. I don't know if Isaiah's here, but let me tell you something. I have a feeling that the common thread is here. It's going to get a little bit spicy. Let's get into it. Dallas Cowboys edge out the Detroit Lions 20 to 19. Detroit with a touchdown at the end of the game and a chance to tie it up. But instead, they go for the two point convert to win the game. They don't end up getting it on a. Was that the play? Uh, no, was it was, was, was the ineligible player downfield one where they got it? Like, was that the first two-point two yes. convert? Yes. Which was an absolute hose job by the referees on that one. Lions got absolutely robbed on it. And if Bob is going to disagree with me on this one, then Bob sort of say, you are a biased Cowboys fan. All right? And a bit of an idiot if you don't think the Lions got robbed on that one. But instead, they get a five-yard penalty. And... Well, I mean, at that point, everyone in the building is going, okay, Dan Campbell's going to kick the field goal, get the or kick the extra point. This game's going to go to overtime. Well, Dan Campbell and his nutsack made of stone decide to go back out there and go for two again. Of course, a flag gets called on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. bringing them back in. Inevitably, they go for two, three straight plays. And unfortunately, the last two that counted, or the last one that counted, they did not get it. Cowboys win by one in a very good Saturday night game. Um, the game was good overall, and it's such a shame that games that come that close get dictated by the referees. And honestly, since the Super Bowl last year, I felt like I feel like this has been a, a consistent topic, not only on here but the mainstream sports outlet media sources as well. And 
It's a bigger deal when it's on it. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's a bigger deal when it's the Cowboys because the Cowboys are the marquee franchise in the NFL. You heard it here first. All right, you guys know yeah. I hate the fucking Cowboys, but I'm an honest fucking guy when once there's a microphone. All right. They are the most pristine franchise in the NFL by far. And when, you know, shit goes against them, you know, we're going to be happy because we fucking hate the Cowboys. When it goes in their favor, we're going to be pissed. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't care if it's the Cowboys. I don't care if it's the Jaguars. I don't care if it's the Browns. I don't care what team it is. All right? I thought last year when they called that holding call on James Bradbury and Juju Smith-Schuster, you don't let plays like that dictate the outcome of the game. And that gave the Chiefs the Super Bowl. That play right there could potentially cost the Detroit Lions, the number two seed. And I think it essentially did. I think the number two seed will be either the Cowboys or the Eagles. If the Cowboys wins, the Cowboys. If they lose and the Eagles win, it'll be the Eagles. It's bullshit. At the end of the day, it's utter fucking bullshit that the Lions have to go through with this bullshit again. And it's damn near close to the same same time when Calvin Johnson made that catch in the end zone and they said they, that he didn't maintain the catch of the football. All right? It's disgusting. And the thing that really pisses me off is that if a player did something wrong, the NFL is going to come out and make a statement and say that they're supposed to be held accountable and do better, get fined, this, that, yada, yada, the other thing. The second a referee fucks up, they do nothing! Nothing will be done! How does the same officiating crew with the most important game of the Colts in the Texans season will be dictated in their hands? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but more or less, we have a I'm lot of shit to here, talk about here, folks. Breaking it down really quick, all I'm gonna say and end it on this without the full description is the play was concluded. We're talking about if ands or buts. The if happened, and the buck came in when the referee misinterpreted who the eligible receiver was supposed to be, and from there, it's bullshit. Well, I agree with you that one, Robbie. Um, but I also would point out um, we got a lot to talk about today, Amna. Uh, Twenty minutes. We've done uh, two football games. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Um, well, you want to be to score? You know what? Let's go over some scores here from Sunday. Well, this game we're going to have to talk about a little bit here because Baltimore fifty-six to the Miami Dolphins nineteen was. I, I mean, I, I did not have the one in my playbook, Robbie. I'm not going to lie to you; that one was not in the deck of cards. I had a feeling that was going to be a close game for Baltimore to put up fifty-six. I mean, I'm I. I said it last episode. And I'm going to say it again. I think Baltimore is the best team in the NFL. I think they're proving it week in and week out. Miami is just proving week in a week or two that, as Bob just said, they're absolute frauds. But that score, I'd surprise you too. I mean, that's a that's an absolute blasting. Them, you know what? I thought about the Dolphins after that loss, and if you look at some of like the real, really good teams in the NFL, the they're they're trying to be like the other teams in the NFL, which a lot of teams obviously do. Obviously, let me not be captain obvious here, but. When you look at some of the best teams in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, elite defense, very good offense. The 49ers, elite offense, very good defense. The the Cowboys, I'm not going to say elite offense. They're really they're finding their own finally in a very good, if not elite defense. Yep. Um the Browns, elite defense could be a very good to an elite offense depending on the health of Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. The Dolphins have a very good offense and an, an unrecognizable unre- defense, honestly. Bradley Chubb, 
dumb for the year now. That's unfortunate. Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard. And offensively, if we're going to be honest, if Waddle was the number one option, there was no Tyree Kill, I don't think the Dolphins are as good as what we all anticipate. No, I think they're showing week in, week out that they're there. I mean, early on in the season, I had them as a possible, hey, this team looks like they can make a Super Bowl. There's not a chicken dick's chance in fucking hell that the Miami Dolphins even sniff a Super Bowl this year. No chance. I give them honestly. They, I, I can see them being balanced in the first round. If I go to the standings right now, they're going to play the Colts. This Sunday is an important game for them as well because yeah. they got yeah. Buffalo this Sunday, and the winner of that will be the winner of the AFC East. Which you would ask me seven weeks ago if the Buffalo Bills had a chance yeah. to win the AFC East. I would have said, yeah, go smoke some more crack. Right. But I guess we're all smoking crack now because there's a goddamn chance. Actually, yeah, I think it is going to happen. I think the Bills are going to steamroll through Miami. And I, the Bills, I think, are a team. Well, I mean, we'll get into that later because we have some picks to go. That's we'll get into that later, folks. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. All right. Let, let's let's go through all of Sunday's games really quickly. Yeah. The return of C.J. Stroud, 26 for the Houston Texans, 3 for the Tennessee Titans. Big win for the Texans here. Did you Keeps hear them Mike aff- Vrabel? Did you hear Mike Vrabel from the reporters to the reporters? I can't say I did. Oh, I- Go on, and I'll play the clip for you. Yep. So just uh, if I'm going into the AFC or the wild card picture here, that that win for the Texans keeps them right there with the Indianapolis Colts at 9-7. and seven. Uh, They play the Colts this week, so that is, I mean, I would have to say that's probably the game of the weekend because there's so much on the line for that game. Steelers also sitting at 9-7, and seven, but they are, I don't know how this works because they're all tied at 9-7, and seven, but the Steelers are 5th, Texans are 4th, so I don't know what happens if the Steelers beat the the Ravens. I had the implications. I'm gonna have to go through all that shit when we do our picks. I gotta find it. Um, okay. But, so go on, go on, go on, go on, King. Go on, King. I was just gonna say, uh, CJ Stroud looked pretty decent in his return. Yeah. Obviously, if you are a Texans fan, that is massive. Yeah. Are they gonna be able to do any damage now with this absolute depleted receiving core? I'm gonna say no, but I think it would be literally it would probably be the Super Bowl. If the Houston Texans even make the playoffs this year from what everyone was expecting of them. I don't so. think anybody had them making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, here we go. Mike Vrabel. Yeah, um, reporter asked him if there's any chance that he's just going to call First clip of 2024? <laughs> First what? First, First clip, clip of 2024? Here's Mike Vrabel talking about if they're just going to conclude and just, like, give up on the season. Um, because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Trey, ever need to show you anything? Uh, Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Why? Well, it uh, it fucking sucks. Is that Losing. That? Awful. That's why I want to win. Love the response. Love it. Can't blame the guy at all there, Robert. I no, cannot not blame at the all. guy at I mean, all. What? I think it's a... Re- I think, honestly... Zach, second time of the year. I think it's really retarded for these reporters to go up to these head coaches and these athletes and be like, "Are you just going to uh, give up on uh, give up for the rest of the season and just focus on the yeah, draft pick?" See, what do you expect the guy to say? Yeah, actually, that's my that was my plan since week one. This team's a bunch of pathetic fucking losers, and I knew we weren't going to win shit. So I just decided I'd want to go out there and lose as many games as I possibly could. Like, what are we doing? That's a reporter that's just trying to get a rise out of somebody. He's trying to get a good headline. Well, they failed, and unless you like the "it fucking sucks" quote from Mister, uh, I liked Mr. it. Mike Vrabel, I, I liked it, it too. I loved it too. Uh, but Robert, but I want kudos to CJ Stroud and the Texans who are trying to fight for the playoffs here. Robert, uh, another team that's very much fighting for the playoffs, uh, or has made a just a resurgence in the second half of the season, is the Buffalo Bills. 
27, New England Patriots 21. The Patriots keep it nice and close. Uh, I didn't get to watch any of this game, so I have really nothing to say about it. So looking at the stats, Bailey Zappi, three interception game, not a very good game for Mr. Zappi Zapmeister. Uh, but somehow the Patriots kept it close, Robbie. 27, 21. Well, I would have been awesome if they you guys got, they got the a, Bills. They got a kickoff to uh, start the game for a touchdown, the opening kick. And, um, you know, it, it's hard for Zappi to do anything when your best receiver that day was Jalen Rager. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the Patriots more towards draft time. There's nothing for me to break down whatsoever. But the only thing I'm going to continue to say every week is if you get rid of Bill Belichick, you're making a mistake. Um, well, I think he's as good as gone now, Robert. I think he's going to be a Los Angeles Charger, but we will talk about that in the future when it does occur. Los Angeles Rams avoid a disaster, Robbie. What could have been a just a bomb to their playoff hopes ends up in a one-score victory. Been literally by one score, I mean one point. 26 for the Rams, 25 for the New York Giants. Giants kept it close. I mean, they were trying to play spoiler to the Rams postseason. Uh, Tyrod Taylor looks pretty good. No more Tommy DeVito. I would have to assume this season. Did you, see, did you see the Giants that game? I can't say it did, to be honest they with had you. I was three uh, chances to win. Three. Oof. The first one was Mason Rudolph, or Mason Crosby, rather. Mason Crosby um, missed the field goal, missed the PAT, and also missed the game-winning 54-yard field goal. And that, you know what, honestly... I'm not even going to shit on Mason Crosby. The dude should retire. You should be smart enough to know that you shouldn't bring in a kicker that's over fucking 40 years old. That's that's yeah. stupid. I mean, then, I know the guy's just a kicker at the end of the day, but I agree with you. That's that's too old to be a fl- playing professional football. Yeah, and then Tyrod Taylor had Saquon wide open for the two-point conversion and threw it so far behind his back that Saquon still almost nearly grabbed it, and they would have been up by one and probably won the game. And they had the chance for the 54-yarder, and you could just see the way Crosby kicked it. You knew the second he touched it, it wasn't going to be anything close. And it might have been short of the post, even if it was the inaccurate. <laughs> You're the real MVP. There's Scuba Steve. There's Steve. Steve. Welcome back, Steve, you sexy beast. There he is. So, uh, yeah, the Giants, they had their chances to win. The Rams, like you said, avoided a very, very bad potential loss. Yeah. Um, next game on the list here, Robbie. Uh, I honestly these these Sunday slate games I was absolutely just destroyed at a cottage for for New Year's so I gotta say I I did not get to watch too much football this weekend uh, but the San Francisco 49ers get the job done in Washington 27 to the Washington Commanders 10 uh, San Fran continues their very very powerful season after though the uh, few loss they had in midseason in a row they have just bounced back and look like the powerhouse that we saw early on this season yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy is the quote-unquote MVP nope. favorite. Actually, that's Lamar Jackson. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah. That's Lamar Jackson. 40 had an okay game, 230 yards. Sam Howell is the quarterback. He did what Sam Howell does. Nothing. And the 49ers get the job done, Robert. Yeah, they do. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> We're now, Robbie, schedule. you might have something to say about this game, Robbie, because uh, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals and the Philadelphia Eagles here, Robbie. And somehow... In Philadelphia, the Arizona Cardinals get the job done. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, this is you right now. You know what that is, Robbie? What is that? That's somebody smashing the panic button. Panic, panic, panic. Because the Philadelphia Eagles have just about as much chance 
as the Carolina Panthers of winning a Super Bowl this year, Robbie. That's what I'm going to say out loud. Wow. Wow. Uh, Zach, I have a panic button. Maybe this, I don't know. We'll see. Did it work? How was that? I can't hear it, to be honest with you. Well, you'll hear it on the screen there. I have my volume down low, so I can't, you know, let me turn it up just a little bit. <laughs> panic. Police. Yeah, that works. That works. Yep. Police panic button sound. See what this says. <laughs> Same sound. Well, I mean, Robbie, surprising, surprising loss for the Eagles. They have been dropping games left, right, and center. Now moved to one and four in their last five games to end off this po- or end off this season. Um, they got the Giants this week. I'm assuming they're going to be playing all the starters because they they've now to. played themselves into a position where they have to win. Yep. I mean, it, this early on looked like the the division. It was the Eagles' division to lose, and they have done exactly that. Uh, Cowboys are surging. Eagles are dropping down. There's really not much more to say. That that loss has got to be a absolute debilitating loss for him. Uh, AJ Brown after the game was just absolutely livid. Nick Sirianni. I mean, at this point, I think we might be looking at him possibly saying or possibly getting absolutely canned in this offseason, Uh, the way this second half has gone. They they get bounced if they get bounced early on. I think he's about as good as done, Robbie. Yeah. Let's not forget the guy on the other side of the field there for the Arizona Cardinals, the head coach, was a former coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're definitely going through it right now. They lost their defensive coordinator and their offensive coordinator in the offseason. Ever since that Chiefs game, it's all gone downhill. The 49ers have basically exposed them. Can't blame the offense. The offense has done pretty well. The defense has been absolutely lackluster. It's been terrible. And Terrible. I don't know if I said it on the show, but I know they were double-digit favorites, and... I knew that was disrespectful to Kyler Murray, but I mean, if we're, the the story here is the Eagles choking, but like the other story should be Kyler Murray still got it. Kyler Murray's yeah. doing this without Zach Ertz. Kyler Murray's doing this without Hollywood Brown. Ron, no Rondell Moore, I don't believe. The only thing he's got going for him is James Conner, and you know what, Kyler Murray. If the Cardinals do decide to move on from him, which I think would be a big mistake because he still got it. Torn ACL yeah. and all, he recovered well. He, his, he's his num- still moving good. His number one receiver that game was Greg Dortch. Ugh. So that's oh! what I'm show you. Exactly. Greg Dortch. Uh, uh, who the fuck is that? Joey um, says, uh, can you give a brief summary about, quote, the most pristine franchise? I missed it when the video died. Oh, Joey. Yeah, I said the most pristine franchise in the NFL is the Green Bay Packers. Where is it? There it is. Damn. The Green Bay Packers. Go, Pack, go. Go, Pack, go. (laughs) Ryan, yes. (laughs) Next game on our list here, Mr. Robert, we have the New Orleans Saints, 23 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 13. That is a big, big, big win for the Saints. Ties him up with the Buccaneers, who could have, I believe, clinched the division. Actually, not could have. Very well could have clinched the division in that game there. Instead, now, it's anyone's division coming into this last week. Well, they still got a grasp on it. It's still their division. But like you said, they have to lose. I got got all the scenarios here. Uh, Do you want me to use this for um, the goddamn uh, picks? Or do you want me to do all this now? You know what, dude? It, you know what? 
Um, do what we do with picks, I guess, because then we can choose like what team's going to win this, and then this has to happen here, and bing, bang, boom. We know, Robbie, we'll finish off the rest of these games quick because there's really not too many more in the very good games, I guess, that happen, really. Right. Um, like, uh, Buccaneers drop a tough one, 13-23 to the Saints. Jacksonville Jaguars just absolutely plow through the Carolina Panthers, 26-0. Destroyed them, and you took the Panthers. I told you yep. not to do it. Yep. And here's my first one of the year. I'm a fucking retard because I took the <laughs> Carolina Panthers. Zach, what'd you say? I said, I'm a fucking retard because I took I'm the Carolina ass. Panthers. I'm a dumbass. Yeah. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Next game on the list here, Robbie. Who are uh, you? We should probably stop talking about this one for a second. Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears have looked like a hell of a football team the second half of the season. They get the job done in Chicago against the Falcons, 37-17. Um, you know what? If you would ask this question five, six weeks ago, Robbie, if uh, who the which route the Bears should go with with their draft this year, it has to be Marvin Harrison Jr., and it has to be... I mean, if, if they're able to find a way, I think, to to get Marvin with the first overall and then trade that fourth overall pick down to maybe, I don't know, seventh or ninth or eighth, somewhere around there. I guess they already have Cole Komets. They really don't need a Brock Bowers. But I feel yeah. like you get two solid receivers like that coming out of this first-round draft. You get Justin Fields some weapons. Might be a scary time in Chicago coming pretty soon. I, I disagree. This is the route that Chicago needs to go. For once... I mean, when they made the playoff, the their most recent playoff appearance where they were absolutely dominant in a field goal away from advancing to the NFC Championship game, they were an offense away. They have an offense. They have Justin Fields. They have DJ Moore. They have Cole Komet. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. Keep bulking up that defense. Like you said, you're going to have teams like the Patriots. You have teams like uh, the Falcons. You're going to have teams like the Broncos who are going to call for the number one pick. Get as much draft capital as you can. And you know what's crazy? I mean, with the way the wide receiver free agency is looking like, you know, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and I'm sure there's a shit ton more that I'm missing out on. You could bring some in um, for wide receivers, running backs. You know, you, you find these hit and miss guys like second or third round or later. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is a seventh round pick, and he's the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So to me, they should really try to bulk up the defense. Mainly the secondary. I mean, if we're going to be I honest, think they could use another receiver too, I mean, though. I think DJ Moore can handle the number one. DJ Moore is going fucking bananas. And I think that the main reason why Chicago's at is more so DJ Moore than Justin Fields, as good as Justin Fields has been. He's progressed more because he has that guy. His best guy, I think, before DJ Moore is like Demir Bird, which I had to go through for Cam Newton, unfortunately. All right. Um, DJ Moore should stay as the number one. They should find assets to be behind him and pause. When you look at the, the NFC North, wide receiver-wise, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jamison Williams, potentially Christian Watson, potentially uh, Romeo Dobbs. You need core. That's why the Patriots went with Christian Gonzalez to try to shut down Tyreek Hill, to try to shut down Stephon Diggs. That's why the Cowboys have uh, Trayvon Diggs and Romeo um, Dobbs. Not Romeo Dobbs. Who the Bland. Fuck uh, DeMar. Yeah, Bland. Bland, 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 Bland. I don't know Bland, what his first Bland. name is. I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, Joey Help. Bland's first name, please. Thank you. Anyways. Greg. The Bears have a good problem to have, but the one thing that should be noted, you move on from Justin Fields, you're setting your franchise back. They won't do that now. After the way how he's played the second half of the season, you got Darren. That that sounds right. 
Darren. After Powers played the second half of the season, Robbie, you can't move on from him. But 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 Zach, they shouldn't. You fuck. No. You had the best opportunity. You took Mitchell Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. If you think yeah. you found it, stay with it. Yeah, obviously your quarterback drafting has not been very good in the in the past. And now, um, but and now got his the whole narrative about Ohio State quarterbacks might be put to rest. Hopefully, because now we might have two good ones coming in. Um, we'll have to see who the fuck our quarterback is next season. We'll be getting into a bit of Ohio State in a little bit here. <laughs> um, but going through the rest of these games quickly here, Robbie. Colts beat the Raiders 23-20, to keep their playoff hopes alive. Antonio Pierce deserves to be the head coach next year. Yeah, well, I, I have a feeling he will be because the team is backing him. Uh, people want him around. And, and really, the Raiders have had not that terrible of a second half of the season. I mean, they've, they haven't had been a better great half since they got rid of Josh McDaniels. They would have been a better team if they yeah. got rid of Josh McDaniels. I think he only had one win. It was against the Patriots. Yeah, so definitely a bit of a turnaround for them. Uh, I think a full season with Pierce got the team all rallied up together. I think that is the right decision to make. Um, next game on the list here, Robbie. The Pittsburgh Steelers somehow stay afloat. Mike Tomlin will not be denied his first ever season under 500. He continues the streak going. Uh, sorry, he will be denied his first ever season under 500 because he keeps his motherfucker going. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, at worst, will finish with a above 500 record. Yeah. They take down the Seahawks 30 to 23, keeps them very much in the ho- hunt for this playoffs. Uh, like Robbie said, we're going to go over some of these implications. Yeah, when we do our picks here in about five minutes or so. Um, but it's a big win for the Steelers and a big loss for the Seahawks. Next game here, Rob. Should I just go through the last three games? Think, Robbie? Yeah, yeah go, through do some picks? go through Okay. Broncos take down the Chargers 16 to 9 in Denver. Kansas City Chiefs take down the Bengals 27 to 17 in Kansas City. And the Minnesota Vikings drop one to our good pal Ryan's Green Bay Packers. 33 for the Packers, 10 for the Minnesota Vikings. Go, Pack, go! Go, Pack, go! Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. It's it. It's the end. Yep. And that right there, folks, is the Week 17 recap. Um, We still have a little bit more football left to go here, obviously. I guess uh, just for the notable news real quick, anyways, Dalvin Cook was released by the Jets. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens did, in fact, pick him up, so they're going to fur up that uh, running back. Major pickup. Dalvin Cook's not washed. Dalvin no. Cook was behind one of the worst offensive lines, and ha- and any other running back needs consistent touches, not just like two touches and then you're done for the game. Dalvin Cook's a damn good running back. There's a reason why the Jets knew they were giving him $8 million. He still yeah. got it. He never dropped off last year. He still got it. And I still say that come the red zone, give everything to Gus Edwards. He's found his way into the end zone every single time. Work, work it like a DeAndre Swift, um, Jamal Williams that the, the Lions had last year. You know, I think Dalvin Cook still got it, and he's got to prove that he still got it because yeah. Well, now's his chance. Chance. Exactly. Now's his chance. He does sign with the Baltimore Ravens, as Robbie just said. That is actually a massive pickup. It furs up a position that they've been dealing with a lot of injuries with this season. Yeah, too many. And I, I'm assuming he will be getting a lot more touches than he did with the New York Jets. Um, also, going into this week, some notable teams that will be sitting some starters so far that have come up. The Ravens will be sitting Lamar Jackson and others. Cleveland Browns will be sitting Joe Flacco and others. 
and the Kansas City Chiefs will be sitting Patrick Mahomes and others as all of their playoff hopes are already solidified. Uh, so when me and Robbie do 40, our picks, the don't 49ers, look at us like we're a bunch of idiots. The 49ers, yeah, 49ers. Uh, will be sitting uh, Brock Purdy amongst Brock's others, which means that McCaffrey's going to have plenty of time to um, recover from that. Uh, yep, recover from that uh, calf injury. Um, I think that's. I think those are the only teams, like you said, that are. Uh, I would assume, so, yeah. I can't. I can't be forgot to put 49ers on there because that was probably the first team that was decided to sit some starters. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Robbie, what do you say we get into some picks here? I, I wanted think, to say no, the Rams. The we... Rams are also sitting. The Rams are Rams sitting. Are Matthew sitting. Stafford. It's going to be the battle of fucking Carson Wentz and who are they playing? It's supposed to be a battle of like the backups. Oh, it's Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold this Sunday. Oh wow, that's a game I will be watching. Note, no fucking time <laughs> of right there. Actually, I'll probably throw it on. I, I think I would have seen these two absolute meatheads go head to head. Yeah. Okay. Um. Here they are. Okay, I got the AFC yep. right here. So here's the AFC yep. scenarios. So Miami can clinch the AFC division with a win or tie against the Bills. Jacksonville can clinch the AFC South division title with their win or a Jacksonville tie and an Indiana and Houston tie. So ultimately, Jacksonville's got to win out. Indianapolis. Fuck! Uh <laughs> Jacksonville can clinch a playoff berth if they tie and Pittsburgh loses or ties or Pittsburgh loses, Denver loses or ties or Houston and the Colts doesn't end in a tie. Jesus Christ. The Bills can clinch the AFC East division with a win. Buffalo can clinch a playoff berth with a Buffalo tie. Pittsburgh loss or tie, Jacksonville loss or tie, Houston, Indianapolis tie. Um, Indianapolis can clinch the AFC South Division title with an Indiana win and Jacksonville lost or a tie and the Jacksonville loss. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. Pittsburgh's probably got like five different scenarios. Um, oh, yeah. Houston can clinch the AFC, uh, AFC South Division with a win in the Jacksonville tie. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win, a Jacksonville loss, and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. So here's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Buffalo loss, a win and a Jacksonville loss or tie, a win and a Houston slash Indy tie, uh, a tie and a Jacksonville loss, a Houston Indy doesn't end in a tie, uh, uh, Jacksonville loses, Denver wins, Houston Indy doesn't end in a tie. So basically Pittsburgh's probably eliminated. I put my mic down for that one because that was a mouthful. Yep, that, that that was a hard one. Now let's go to the NFC. Okay, the Cowboys clinch an NFC uh, East divisional title with a win or a Dallas and Philly tie or a Philly loss. So if they lose and Philly loses, they're okay. Tampa yep. can clinch the NFC South division title with the win or a tie and a Saints loss or tie. Tampa Bay can clinch a playoff berth with a Tampa Bay tie and a Seattle loss and a Green Bay loss or tie. Philadelphia can clinch the NFC East division title with a win, a Dallas loss, or a tie, a Philly tie, and a Dallas loss. Uh, here you go, Ryan. The Packers have six different ways here that they can make the playoffs. You ready for this? Here we go. The six different ways. Green Bay can clinch a playoff with, number one, a Green Bay win, number two, a Green Bay tie, and a Seattle loss or tie, and a New Orleans loss or tie, number three, a Green Bay tie and a Seattle loss and a Tampa Bay loss. Number four, a Green Bay tie, 
a Seattle tie, a Tampa Bay loss or tie. Number five, Minnesota loss or tie. And Seattle loses and Tampa loses. Uh, number six, Minnesota loss or tie. And Seattle loses and New Orleans loses. And I believe Green Bay, Green Bay is sitting at seven right now. So if they win straight up, they're good. They're in. Yeah. Um, Okay, so after that, Seattle could clinch a playoff berth with the Seattle win, the Green Bay loss or tie, Seattle tie and a Green Bay loss, and a Tampa Bay loss or tie, a Seattle tie and a Green Bay loss, New Orleans loss or tie. New Orleans can clinch the NFC Division South with a win and a Tampa Bay loss or tie, uh, New Orleans tie and Tampa Bay loss. New Orleans can clinch a playoff berth with a New Orleans win, a Seattle loss or tie, a Green Bay loss or tie, a New Orleans tie, a Seattle loss, a Green Bay loss. Minnesota could clinch a playoff berth with a Minnesota win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, a Tampa loss, a Minnesota win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, and a New Orleans loss. And Atlanta. Atlanta can clinch the NFC South divisional title. They will overpass the Saints, if the Saints even win. Atlanta can clinch the NFC South with a win and a Tampa loss. There we go. There we go. Uh, that is a lot of playoff implications that could happen there, folks. So this is going to be a pretty interesting week, 18, because there's a lot that can change. Um, Sharky! Shark, welcome. Steve, yes, indeed, that sign does look pretty good. And congratulations on 260 and Blackjack. You're playing my game, and I like it. 260? Robert, what? after... <laughs> Holy huh? fuck, Steve! Holy shit! You addict! After all that, though, Robert, why don't we get over some picks real quick here? Uh, we got yeah, yeah lead no... them off. My brain hurts. I need a drink. First game here, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers with a lot riding on the line against the Baltimore Ravens. Who will be sitting? Everybody, Pittsburgh Steelers come in as a four-point favorite. Robbie, I'm just going to stick this one short and sweet. I will be going with the Steelers in this one for all they have riding on it, and with Baltimore sitting a bunch of their guys. I think the Steelers will get this job done. Though it would be very nice for Baltimore to play spoiler to a division rival. Well. Cam, the backup quarterback that was an all-pro, pro bowler. Not an all-pro, he, uh, he was a pro bowler. Had a great fill-in season for when Lamar got hurt last year. Battled all the way to the end. Can Tyler Huntley somehow take down Mason Rudolph? I and, mean, can we put pro bowler in quotations, please? Sure, sure, absolutely we can. Um, <laughs> can he find a way to lead this team to a victory? Although the Ravens are sitting everybody, you know those backups are going to give everything they got, but in the end, George Pickens has been cooking. Najee Harris yeah. has looked pretty good. And Mason Rudolph, who knows? Maybe if they went that direction, maybe the Steelers definitively make the playoffs. They win the game, but I don't know if they make the playoffs. Pittsburgh wins. Moving on to the next game, Robbie. Uh, this is one of the most important games of the weekend. There's actually a few important games looking down a now. Few. Ending off the Saturday slate, though, 8.15 p.m. You're going to want to watch this one. Houston Texans come into Indianapolis to play the Colts with everything of the season riding on this game. Texans come in as a minus one-and-a-half point favorite. Robbie, you know me. I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan. I'm going with C.J. Stroud. I know the receiving core is a little bit depleted. I'm a big Gardner Minshew guy, too. Minshew mania. Love the man. But I got to go with the Houston Texans here. I, this is a this is a fairy tale season for them, and I want to continue it going. Texans win this game in Indianapolis. It's going to be a hell of a hostile environment, let me tell you. And maybe in the end, it all depends on what Brad Allen and the official officiating staff wants to do. In the very end, if we're going to be honest here. Yeah. But 
you know, the Colts, they've battled, they've battled, and they've battled. With no Anthony Richardson, brand new coaching staff, they've battled. 4-4 four and four at home. The Texans are 3-4 and four on the road. And I think they make that 4-4. Four and four. I'm going with the Houston Texans. So far, me and Robbie are right on level playing field here. Moving on, Robbie, another game that has so much riding on the line. Atlanta Falcons come into New Orleans to play the Saints. Saints opening up as a three-point favorite. I'm also going to go on the limb, Robbie, and I'm going to call this the game that could possibly make or break Archer Smith's future as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. And I'm going to say it now, Robbie, I think his future is doomed. Let me just check the starting quarterback here. Is it going? It is uh, Derek Carr. Yep. I will be riding with the New Orleans Saints in this one, Robbie. Um, in New Orleans, tough, tough, tough barn to go in there and play. I'm taking the Saints in this one. Yeah, if the game was at home, maybe I'd take the Falcons. The Falcons are 2-6 and six on the road. I'm sure one of them was against the Carolina. Actually, I think they lost to Carolina on the road. Regardless, good luck at what used to be the Mercedes Superdome because now the Mercedes Arena. Pooperdome. Yeah. It's the Pooperdome. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Mercedes sponsorship now lies with Atlanta, not with New Orleans anymore. Um, yep. And the Saints looked really good last week, although Kamara had to leave the game early with an, um, an ankle injury. I'm going to go with the Saints winning this game as well. Now, Robbie, this next game, I really don't have too much to say about this. Jacksonville Jaguars haven't looked too good this last couple of weeks. Yeah. But for all the rise on this one for them, facing off against a very shitty Tennessee Titans team, they get the job done, no problem. In Tennessee, the Jaguars take down the Tennessee Titans in Week 18. And that is the Roden pick. Yeah, you know what? The Titans... They they basically got nothing to win. Although I know Mike Vrabel's not going to go out. There. I mean, if you didn't listen to the interview, you didn't listen close yeah. enough. He's not just going to fucking lay over and just fucking tap out. They're going to put up a fight. But I think Jacksonville is going to bounce back in a big way and win this game. Also, another big game for Vrabel too, because we'd have to probably assume this could very well be his last game coaching in Tennessee. So maybe this is him. This is his last message to send to the league, going, "Hey, this is this is the shit you're going to be seeing if I'm your coach." So. Playing for a spot now at some other team, maybe the Patriots, Robbie, maybe the New England Patriots. I saw somewhere there's some sort of exception where his contract could be uh, basically terminated for next year. I'm not sure. If I, I, I believe there's some sort of opt out. Do you want me to look that up really quick? Yeah, sure. Okay. While you're looking that up, Robbie, um, do we both have the? Uh, do we have both the Jaguars in that one? Yes. While you're looking that up, Robbie, I will go over this next one here. Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions. The Lions, this is an important game for them, right? So they won't be sitting anybody? I don't know. They have the division clinched. I think it's more so of a... Seeding? Yeah, them trying to get the two seed. So it looks like right now everyone will be playing. Sam Laporta and Jameis Williams, both questionable with ankle injuries, so keep your eye on that. Nonetheless, playing or not playing, if the Detroit Lions are starting the majority of their starters, I will be going with the Lions against the Minnesota Vikings here. Uh, Vikings with a season that has just had so many ups and downs. Um, it, it's going to come to an end here in four Sorry, Robert, I just got distracted because we are literally six minutes and 39 seconds into the first period of the Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins game, and it is 2-2. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, very high-scoring game in that one. So your pick is the Detroit Lions over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so I did see Sun accurately like that, but uh, the guy who reported it 
uh, didn't look into the contract correctly, and he was wrong. So good job, Mike Lombardi. Stupid. There idiot. we go. Um, yeah, the Vikings. Kevin. Kevin. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is going back and forth. Josh. Josh Dobbs. Nick Mullins, the rookie, and now they're going back to Nick Mullins. Desperation. You know, they. I'm going with the Lions, man. Yeah. Robbie, this next game is an important one here. Um, I know we were talking about the Superdome, but this, I believe, we're going to call the, not the Super Bowl, but we're going to call this one the Pooper Bowl. The New York Jets end off their season against the New England Patriots for, I mean, what we're going to call the battle of the shittiest team in that division. Who is going to take the cake down? Patriots are coming in a two-point favorite. Robbie. I'm going with the New York Jets. That's for you, Steve. The last time the New York Jets beat the New England Patriots, I barely have any on my chin as it is, but I had zero hair on my chin. I probably uh I probably was uh fresh off of, you know, some little puh, puh. Jesus, three two penguins. Holy shit. And let me tell you something, Zachary. To me, this weekend's a win-win. We lose against the Jets. Perfect. We solidify ourselves as a top five pick in the NFL draft. We beat the Jets. The streak lives on. And the Jets and their fans, including Steven, will refer to the New England Patriots as Daddy. We're your daddies, and we're taking you down on Sunday. Wow, Steve, Steve, Steve. P-A-T-S. Pats, Pats, Pats. And with that, Robbie, we have our first coinciding pick here. I got the Jets. Robbie's got the Patriots. This next game here, Robbie, I'm going to assume we have the same because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they need a victory very bad, and they have a very tough opponent to end their season off, Robbie. They have to go into Carolina and play the Carolina Panthers. (laughs) So... I'm going to go with the Buccaneers absolutely slaughtering, butt-fucking, destroying. Just whatever whatever term you want to use, they're going to do that to the Carolina Panthers defense come this Sunday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the job done and solidify themselves a playoff spot. I uh, completely agree. They're going to take advantage of a very shitty Carolina Panthers score. By the way, the owner is a fucking douchebag. What a piece of shit, scumbag, loser, butt-fucking-cunt. Wow. The, oh, wow. David Temper? I don't know. I, do I say it, Zach? It's pretty bad. Do I say it? I don't think you should say it. Ah, say it. Whatever. I hope you have a heart attack and you drop dead, uh, you piece of shit, scumbag, loser, piece that, of garbage, dude. you. Uh, I wasn't How expecting that. How dare you? How dare you throw your beverage on a paying fan, a part of the industry that you are an entrepreneur in. Fuck you, you fucking loser. I ought to slap the gray hair off of you, you cunt. Well, as you can tell, Robbie feels pretty, pretty uh, serious about this fella. And I think before Robbie gets us in any trouble, we're going to move on to the next game here, Robert. And this next game, Shark, listen up, buddy, because this one features our Cleveland Browns. Do you know who the starting quarterback is for Cleveland this week, Robbie? Hold on, because I saw it, and I got to remember. I saw it, too. I don't think I've ever heard of this guy before. Okay, I need a couple guesses here. 
It's not Pete. Who the fuck was it? Give me, give me, give me the initial for the first name. J. And I'll give you a little hint. Um, his name ends this famous movie quote. My name is. Oh, it's something Jeff. Something Jeff. I don't know. Jeff Driscoll will be the starting uh, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns come this Sunday. Um, I'm just going to say it off the bat, Robbie. The Browns are going to be losing this one, I think. We're starting or we're sitting a bunch of our starters. I mean, we got the playoff spot already solidified. We got nothing to lose in this one. Go out there and have some fun, boys. But I think the Bengals will be taking this one in Cincinnati. Yeah, you're getting butt fucked. That's okay. That's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Whoa, pause. I'll take a loss in this one. Seattle Seahawks against the Arizona Cardinals here. Um, Seahawks coming to two and a half point favorites. Cardinals with the big victory over the Eagles last week. Seahawks have kind of been faltering as of late. Losing that one to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week at home was a tough one. Robbie, I honestly think the Cardinals are going to win this game. I don't know what it is that's telling me. It's their their offense has looked good. I'm going to, you know what, fuck it. Let's have some fun here in week 18. I'm going to take the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. Um, no, I'm not going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks. One of these picks has to go in my favor, I'd have to think. Oh, you're fucking funny, dude. Well, Robbie, moving on here. In the battle of the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, who have just been freshly eliminated from the playoffs as of last week, come in to play spoiler to the Green Bay Packers, who have a three-point favorite. Jordan Love, we talked some shit about this guy early on in the season. I mean, he has looked fantastic this second half. Yep. Um, and f- you know what? I know the Chicago Bears have looked very good, too, but I just think all that's right... You you do this pick first. I, I've been doing it first. You do this one first because I, I had to think of this one for a second. Well, I'll tell you what. Did you say eliminated? Yes. There it is. There the it Chicago is. Chicago Bears have been eliminated. It's the battle of Jordan Love versus Justin Fields, two future franchise quarterbacks. And when you look well, at we've Jordan seen a lot Love, of these two facing each other. You see a lot of Jordan Love this year. You've seen a lot of him more with all the games that he's played. Justin Fields, in case you just literally got into football, a lot of people are saying, who the fuck is that guy? I'm going to tell you who that guy is. That guy is going to take a big, fat L. Go, back, go! Go! Go, back, go! You know what? Just for our buddy Ryan... I'm going with you, too. I want to see our buddy Ryan have a playoff team here. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, and I hope that everything can work in their favor. Run it back, Zachary! Playoffs. Run it back! Go, Pack, oh, go! Go! Go, Pack, go! Me and Robbie both got the Green Bay Packers here. J- just we so have... you know, Zachary, fuck the Cowboys when we get to our pick. There we go. We have one, two, three, four. We have six more games to go through here, Robert. Um, six last one. Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. Can the Philadelphia Eagles bounce back and get a victory to go into the playoffs riding a high? I think that they really have no other choice but to get this win. And for that reason, I have to see them doing well this week in New York. Division rivals, so I really don't know how to. These games are kind of finicky. You know, you really don't know what to expect. But I think the Eagles get the job done. I think they ride at these playoffs with a W. You know how much deep down in my fiber 
deep down. Then do a pussy. I just had the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, so. Wants me to take the team that nearly took down the Philadelphia Eagles a few weeks ago with the struggling Tommy fucking DeVito. How you doing? The fuck you mean? Now we're at MetLife Stadium. Everything on the line. Eagles running on the low. Giants running on, you know, fumes and running on some sort of high whatsoever. But I just don't have the fucking nuts to take the Giants. So I'm going to go. Pussy. With the Philadelphia Eagles. Pussy, pussy. Yep, I am. I'm a pussy. Well, you know, Robbie, this next game, I think we can, uh, if both these guys are, in fact, sitting their starters, as we said, it is going to be the battle of Sam Darnold against, who the fuck was the Rams guy you said? <laughs> Carson Wentz, Sam former Darnold lottery against picks. Carson Wentz, yeah. Uh, San Francisco is a four-point favorite here. Robbie, honest to God, I, I literally have no idea where to go in this game because I have no idea who's playing. So I'm just going to say that the Rams are going to win. That's, I'm just going to say the Rams are going to win. Well, both San No, Darnold. I'm going to say San Fran. Fuck you. I'm saying San Fran. I changed my mind. Both uh, Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold have heard this plenty of times. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not yeah. that guy. They are not. And there's a reason why they are the backups. Although... Allegedly, Sam Darnold did come close to a starting uh, job. Um, I'm going to end up going with the San Francisco 49ers as well. Well, Robbie, uh, next game here on the list, we have two teams that are eliminated from playoff contention. One of them will feature Russell Wilson. Whoop, 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 whoop. Pump wait, the brakes. Wait, you said One. two things. You said Russell Wilson and what? I said whoop, whoop, whoop. And? Pump the brakes. Eliminated. Russell Wilson will not be playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos here because of all the shit that's been going down in the uh, behind the scenes, I guess you could say, of the Denver Broncos. Bless you. Um, I believe he's Broncos playing country, the game as the Denver Broncos. Problem. And you know what, Robbie? I'm going to make this one short and sweet again. I'm going to be going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I think the Denver Broncos have a big uh, morale problem going on now yeah. with all the shit behind the scenes. Yeah. I'll be sticking with the Raiders in this one. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Everything that you said is just absolutely spot on. I don't think the Raiders are going to sit at anybody. I think a lot of people are going to end up playing maybe from some sort of incentives and bonuses. So I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Three more games, Robbie. Three more games. Kansas City Chiefs. Starting pretty much absolutely nobody coming yep. in against the Los Angeles Chargers in LA. I hate to pick the Chargers because the Chargers is a dog shit franchise, but I'm going to take the Chargers in this one on the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the B team here. They are, um, and the Chargers really did battle with the Bills not too long ago. So I'm going to go with Eaton Stick and the Chargers as well. Robbie, this one here is going to be an easy pick as well. Bob, you're going to like to hear this one. Dallas Cowboys with everything on the line. Coming as a 13-point favorite against the Washington Commanders. And honestly, I could see them I could see them having that spread. Like I could just see them plowing through this commanders team, sending a message to the NFC going, listen here, motherfuckers. We're here and we're ready to play some playoff football. Yeah. I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. How about them Cowboys? Ah! Uh yeah, with everything that's on the line here, the Cowboys, I believe, are 13-point favorites on the road yeah. in Washington. Um, I think they're going to run up the score for as long as they can. Uh, 13 points is pretty risky to uh, put down on the Cowboys. So my mortal lock is the Commanders plus 13, but I don't think they're going to win this football game. I think it's going to be... How about them Cowboys? It'll be the Dallas Cowboys. 
And the last game, Robbie. With everything on yeah, the line. Just another one with everything online. We got some good matchups here, but this one might take the cake. True. Because we have some offensive powerhouses going at it here. The Buffalo Bills come into Miami with a chance to take the division, solidify a playoff spot. They are three-point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. Robbie, I said it before the podcast started, and I'm saying it again. The Buffalo Bills are going to take down these absolute frauds in Miami and are somehow going to win this division when nobody thought that was possible in about week seven or eight. Zach Rowe, you listen to me, and you listen to me good. Jesus Christ. The battle in Miami. Everything that's happened. The Miami's falling down. The Bills rising up. Everything's in Buffalo's favor. But until a sad, tragic moment that happened just today, Tyreek Hill's house burns to flames. Very, very sad. And for those reasons... The Miami, the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins said, said, we got, we got your back, back brother. brother. Let's, Let's fucking win. win. The, winner the winner of Sunday, Sunday night's, night's game, game in Miami, Miami will be the Miami Dolphins. And look at that. Look at that. Rob is taking the Dolphins. I will be taking the Bills. And just to make Bob happy, we forgot to mention that Jimmy Johnson, that sounds like a guy that owns a sub shop, got inducted into the Cowboys Ring of Honor. How about them Cowboys? Robbie, that's it for NFL talk right there. Why do you say we go over some of these NCAA football games here quickly before we slap into some other sports? (laughs) Let's do it. Just to get this one right out of the way, in the Cotton Bowl, number nine, Missouri. 14, number seven, Ohio State. Three, Ohio State. <laughs> in this game was honestly just, it was unbearable to watch. <laughs> they couldn't get nothing going. Uh, you know what? Good on Missouri. Congratulations. You guys won. I could really care less about the Cotton Bowl. I wanted the national championship. This would have been a little, it would have been a little sprinkle on the season. Just to go, okay, we ended off with a bowl. We don't win a bowl, but at the end of the day, no one really cares about the fucking cotton ball, except for the Emotional guys that are playing. Damn it. It's the biggest piece of dog shit. Emotional, damn it. And that's all biggest... I got to say about that one, Robbie, because the one game I would like to talk about, unless you have something, do you have something to say about the Ohio State game, Robbie? I do. Ohio State Buckeyes, they're what? It's a piece of dog shit that I have okay. ever heard. Everyone. Okay. <laughs> and we are moving on now. For everyone here, and Bob, I think you're one of the guys that were crying and complaining that Florida State did not yep. get a berth yep. into the national championship playoffs. I mean, I think the 63-3 to victory by Georgia over them in the Orange Bowl said enough. I mean, that was an absolute beatdown, and it silenced Every Bro. single fucking person that was crying about them. No, not it didn't. Making it no, it house. didn't. You had fucking Danny Canal come out there like, oh, FSU realized they had nothing to win for. They started all their backups, and you were going to try to talk smack. Wham, 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 wham. Meanwhile, Georgia was saying this while they were in the field. Come on, man. That's too easy. It's way too easy. Is it too easy? 
Yeah! 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 Oh, what's that, Zachary? It's what? Yeah! 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 You're trying. Georgia just absolutely rubbed their dick and balls all over every bit of Florida State's faces in that game. Um, and you know what? Next season, obviously, we're not going to have any of these questions. There's going to be 12 teams in the playoffs. We are very excited for it. But oh, my mom just said that the internet is down. So, uh oh, I still have internet here. So I don't know what's going on. Anyways, uh, I might as well go through this quick if my internet's down. Um, Moving on to the bowl games that people really cared about here, Robbie. Starting off with the Rose Bowl in an absolute epic finish here. Michigan, when it kind of looked like Alabama was going to have their number again, get the touchdown to tie it up late. And then, Robbie, when it was all looking like it was going Michigan's way, they almost give up a safety with like 50 seconds left on the kick return. Oh my God. Dodging a big bullet on, on that a punt, one. On a punt. Yeah, on a punt return, sorry. I mean, a massive bullet dodged. But in the end, Michigan finally defeats the Alabama Crimson Tide in overtime. 27 to 20. They will be competing for a national title come next week. Do you want to see on the, Monday. Do you want to see the play if your internet stays up of what could have made Alabama survive? Yeah, yeah. Throw it on there. I mean, so far the internet's looking pretty good for me. So what a what terrible, terrible about. decision by Alabama's quarterback. I believe it's uh, what's his name, um, Milrow, Jalen Milrow, or something. Yeah, Jaden Milrow, or something. Yeah, what a terrible decision. Here it is, folks. That wasn't a bad call at all. Follow your guard. Hey, hey, hey you Follow tell little one. Guard. They overran it. Follow your guard. It's a cute oh. little baby. Not, not only that, Zach, um, that was just one view. The other view shows that it was an RPO and that he had two receivers on the outside blocking. And had he had thrown the ball to him too, that's another touchdown. Overall, I thought it was poor play design overall. And that's what ultimately ended up costing Alabama a chance of winning the natty. So my preseason prediction was wrong. Yep. And Robbie, my prediction of who was going to win the national championship when the final four was announced was the Texas Longhorns. And it turns out, Robert, that I was in fact wrong as well. Because Michael Penix Jr., if we're talking about a pure thrower in college this year, there's not a better thrower out there. I know he's older. I think he's 24 years old. So that's going to add some skepticism to his draft lottery and all that stuff. But that is interesting. Whatever team picks this fucking guy up is going to have a legitimate NFL quarterback playing for their team in the next couple years. I'm saying it now. This guy is the real deal. I hope to God. I guess just say the score. Washington 37, Texas 31. The Longhorns had an absolute beautiful, beautiful chance to win the game in the dying seconds. Quinn Ewers overthrows the ball to an open receiver in the end zone. If he would have put that in the bread basket, the Longhorns are going to the finals against Michigan. Instead, he overthrows it. It's an incomplete pass, and the Washington Cinderella season continues. They're now going for a national championship against the Michigan Wolverines. The battle of the Big Ten? Big Ten or Big 12? Big 12, big it is the Big well, Ten. Big, they're going to be Big Ten next year, so that's what I would say, that the battle of the Big Ten. What, Michigan is going to be in the Big Ten? Michigan is Big Ten. Washington is joining the Big Ten next year. So it's going to be, in the end, the college football championship is going to be the Big Ten versus the last year of the Pac-12. 
Holy shit. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to really watch the game at all, Zach. I thought they did a terrible job with this. I watched most of Michigan versus Alabama. Um, I think they need to do a better job with their scheduling. I think that, yeah, you know. You know, Why is there a game at eight fifteen? It's all at the holiday. And it, started, and it started and later six. because the game went into overtime, so it had to start later. Yeah. Second, the second half didn't kick off till past eleven. I'm definitely asleep because I got to be up five hours after that. Um, yeah. So th- that's something that college football needs to do. Like I probably won't even watch most of the national championship game. No, it's eight fifteen on Monday. Not not good scheduling whatsoever. Who the fuck is time to watch that? Yeah, not good scheduling whatsoever. Um, but. Washington will deserve. I think everything you said about Michael Penix is absolutely correct. And since we got to make our prediction before the game starts on Monday, Zachary, I'm going to come out and say it. Do you want to do the predictions now or do you want to do them? I guess we can do them now. Do them right now. Uh, Michigan has a very good defense and a proficient offense, especially when the running game gets going. But let me tell you, son, that offense from Washington is it's so amazing. underrated. Everything that's going with Jim Harborough, you know, the 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 Hollywood storyline here says Jim Harborough, but if you're looking at even more of like the Cinderella story, it's saying Washington. I'm caught in between here. I would say I was 80-20 on Washington. But I think I'm gonna go with Michigan. I think the 20% in me, because I want Washington to win this game. I don't hate Michigan. I don't hate Jim Harborough. I just think it's a good story. I just think Michigan somehow, some way, pulls this out of their assholes and wins. Well, Robbie, coming into the game, they are a four and a half point favorite. And this is going to pain me to say, but I think the Michigan Wolverines are going to win this one too, Robbie. I would love to see Washington win this game, but if if I was a smart betting man, my wager is on the Michigan Wolverines. My heart wants the Washington uh, I don't even know what the fuck their team is. Washington Huskies. Huskies. Um, but I'm going to have to make the smart decision here, Robbie, and I will take Michigan, unfortunately, to win the national championship this year. LeBron, what's your pick? <laughs> right you are there, LeBron. Right you are there. Well, Robbie, um, I believe that that's all we got for the NCAA football here. We will have a little bit of a better um, breakdown of the national championship game come Monday's episode because we will be kicking that off right before the airing of the national championship game. Robbie, before we move on to some NHL and NBA, let's just go through. I know we don't have too many world junior hockey fans here, but this will only take about a minute. I know the majority of our listeners are from the United States, so maybe you guys will like this portion. Um, Team Canada has won two in a row. Two World Champ Juniors in a row, and unfortunately, they will not be going for a third because they have <laughs> quarters to the team that they took down in the finals last year, Team Czechia or Czech Republic, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Tough one for Canada there. They were not a very good team this year, in my opinion, and it showed. Um, today was the semifinals where Sweden took down Czechia 5-2, and the States had a nail-biter against the Finns going down 2 nothing early on in the game, battling back and solidifying their spot in the finals with a 3-2 victory. The finals goes down tomorrow, Robbie, 1 p.m. Friday afternoon. I guess we can make a prediction for this one. I know you probably don't know too much about the World Juniors, hot Robbie, but let me tell you about this. Sweden is the king of heartbreak when it comes to World Junior Hockey. They have made so many finals. They have not won a championship since 2012, 
which was their first championship in 42. Or so they haven't won a championship now, or sorry, won one championship now in 42 years of World Junior Hockey. And Robbie, I have to say, this tournament is in Sweden, and I'm going to ride with the hometown. I think Sweden's going to be backed up by the Swedish crowd. And I know me saying this is basically going to solidify United States victory tomorrow because every time I say that they're going to lose, they end up winning. But I would love to see the Swedes take this one down in Sweden against the States tomorrow, Robbie. USA! 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 You make terrible candy with your Swedish fish, and you're going to play a terrible game on the ice. USA! 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 I will say this. If we're looking at a pure skill standpoint, the United States are by far a better team than the Swedish. The Sweden hockey you're team. You're goddamn it, right, Ploof. We are it, smoking on that Sweden pack, baby! It is, um, it's going to be a good game tomorrow, Robbie. I think Sweden has, is going to be a surprising team. They're going to give the States a run for their money. <laughs> I do <laughs> think the States money. are going to win, but I want Sweden to win, I guess I is what I'm Sweden saying. That's nothing to do with USA. That was a terrible day to USA. Let's go back to USA chance. USA! Well, it goes down tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time, folks. So if you guys are able to catch that game, do uh, it. If not, I know it's a shitty time for work. Yep. So, yeah, that's I, the problem when you put these international tournaments in Sweden. So, well, don't do it on the Friday, do it on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, but, Robbie, that's pretty much all we got for the World Juniors. We'll have a recap of that finals come Monday's episode. Uh, the original Brock death threat was towards every American due to the 2021 World Juniors Classic. Yeah. Well, that was uh, closest when, when to the death States... between that roster and him. I mean,. That's when the States beat Canada in the finals 2-0, and they decided to bring out a puck bin or something that had Team Canada's logo on it, and Brock was not too happy about that, Robbie. Um, he was not too happy about that. Yeah, he's not happy about anything. Mr. Robert, I'm going to ask you here, where do you want to go with this one? NHL, NBA, or MLB? You know what, Zachary? We finally have something going on for the first time in a very long time as it pertains to news roster-wise in the NBA. Let's talk basketball. Basketball. Basketball well, Robbie, is my favorite we, sport. I'd like the way to dribble up and down the court. If we're talking basketball, Robbie, I think you know where we're going to have to start with this one. And that is the fact that the Toronto Raptors have made a move, Mr. Roberts. They have made a move. OG Anunoby is no longer a Toronto Raptor. OG Anunoby, Malachi Flynn, and Precious Achua have been shipped to the bright lights in the big city of New York to play for the Knicks in return for Canadian R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and a second-round pick. Now, when this trade first broke out, Robbie, as a Raptors fan, as you can see, I got my North hoodie on. Um... I was excited about this trade when it first happened, but the more that I'm thinking about it, Robbie, I'm really not sure if this even does anything for the Raptors. Like, are we a different team now? Our defense got a little bit shittier. Sure, we yeah. furred up some three-point scoring with Emmanuel quickly. Yep. We know R.J. Barris not a very good three-point shooter. He's also a very roller coaster type player where he can be very hot, very cold, very hot, very cold. Yeah. 
and we gave up one of our better players, OG. The scoring obviously was an OG specialty, but his defense is top tier. Malachi Flynn and Prechatua, I could really give less of a fuck. I'm almost happy to see those guys finally off the team. But I really feel like this isn't a trade that's going to help the Raps out in any shape or form. I understand that the NBA is a business, so obviously the Raptors, or MLSE, the owners of the Raptors, are not looking to tank right now and go through all those hardships. They're just trying to keep afloat, keep the best team on the court playing for Toronto Raptors fans, and keep the money rolling in. So I can understand the trade from a business aspect, aspect, but I'm looking at it more of a fan aspect, and I'm looking at it more for future for the Toronto Raptors. I don't really understand the move at all. A second-round pick is nice, but I feel like if you're going to trade guys away on our roster, we should be really trying to fur up draft picks right now and a best example, look at a team like OKC. The last three, four years, all they've been doing is trading away star players and getting a shit ton of draft picks, and now they're one of the best teams in the West. I mean, it, it, it happens. It happens. you got to have a few shitty years to build up a good team. No, I agree, but I'll tell you what. Um, you're going to have R.J. Bear under control for a while. Emmanuel Quickly, you're going to have to re-sign. If not, then the Knicks probably will go all over that. Emmanuel Quickly is a very good three-point shooter, and honestly, he was a big important piece for the New York Knicks um, six man coming off of the bench. And it's like what I told you when the trade happened, you got another three point shooter, the Raptors outside of Gary Trent jr. They don't have those snipers that they would have. And now you have Gary Trent jr. And you have Emmanuel quickly. I think what will dictate what's going to happen to the Raptors from here is the future of Pascal Siakam. You know, you, you talk about getting draft capital, but honestly, like there's a reason why RJ Barrett was a number three pick. This guy could be the best you know, potential player on a team. You know, yeah, I'm not saying I, that I, I lead, I'm there. not saying that it leads them to an NBA championship, but he's still young. He looked really good for Team Canada during the offseason. For the first two, three weeks, he was the best player on the Knicks, better than Julius Randle. The Knicks elected to go with Julius keeping Julius Randle because there was a lot of controversy about them trading off Julius Randle in return for Carl Anthony Towns. But they see Julius Randle's a better fit for their system. You bring in O.J. Ananobi, whose defense is 77 million times better than R.J. Barrett's. And at the end of the day, I think it'll benefit the Raptors more so than the New York Knicks because now if the Knicks have any sort of assets to trade off, they're not going to trade off Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's been amazing. The only thing they got to trade off is Julius Randle. And if you trade off Julius Randle, then you need something better in return. And our team's going to look at Julius Randle and be like, yeah, you know what? I'll trade you Donovan Mitchell for him. Yeah, you know what? I'll trade you Carl Anthony Towns for him. Maybe you get Zach Levine out of it, but you're downgrading at yeah. that point. Yeah, you I know, think it was I a better trade right. for the Raptors than it was the New York Knicks. I think that the rest of the season we'll look at Ananobi and be like, you know what? He's a really good fit for the Knicks. He's really balling out. He's doing better there than he was with the Toronto Raptors. But then he got to go to free agency. And there's a reason why this guy wasn't taking contract extension offers from the Raptors. There was a reason why they were so high on um, keeping Ananobi. And I think in the end, when you look at the trade, I think the Raptors won the deal. You got R.J. Barrett to fill a spot. You got Emmanuel quickly. And you got a draft pick out of it. And at least you are right. At least Barrett does have some term because I think we all can agree that Ananobi, he's done this season. He was not resigning with Toronto. So no, it is and, better and, to and get something And here's the other thing, too, Zach. Here's the other thing. We were going into the season with Zion banging porn stars fat as hell, John Morant suspended 25 games, and R.J. Barrett was thus far, with everything that's going on, the better pick of the two. Yeah, that you are correct. Robbie, Jesus Christ, I just noticed I did not set my lineup in our, and I'm facing you in fantasy hockey, and I, whoa, four minutes away from fucking that up. Oh, shit, I'm glad you said something. Uh, I think I'm fucked. Yeah, sorry, Kopitar, I'm going to have to sit you down here, buddy. 
No, Robbie, I agree with uh, with everything you said there. I agree with everything you said. It's uh, it's an interesting time for Toronto right now. I mean, but I'm happy with the decisions. I guess you are right. We did get RJ Barrett out of this deal, and none of he was gone in the off season. So, at the end of the day. It's it's a loss, but it's not that much of a loss, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, Robbie, I think we need to move on. Let me just make sure I have everything set here now, because now I'm getting a little bit worried. Fourth kind, I believe I did set. Yeah, that was literally the only league I didn't set. Robbie, we do have some some history that happened in the city of Utah this week in the NBA, and that is they had their first triple double in 16 years. Can't Robbie, believe it's been that long. At the hands of Jordan Clarkson. Now, I yep. know I sent you the, the notes, but I know you're not looking at them right now, Jarabi. Do you know who the last Utah Jazz player was that had a triple-double? It happened in February 13th, 2008. You got it right in front of you? Yeah. The gentleman who went to Duke, the former Chicago Bull and former Los Angeles Laker, if I'm not mistaken, I think he may have been New York Nick as well. The last person, folks, to get a triple-double for the Utah Jazz was Carlos Boozer. It was, in fact, Mr. Carlos Boozer, which, I mean, who the fuck saw hold that Hold on, name hold coming? on, hold on. You said 2008, and you have my father here. Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say something, fucking <laughs> Bob hold on, is in 2008, on. not 98. Oh, hold on, Zach. I, I, I got it for you. I got it for you. Here it is. Here it is. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Bob, we love you, Bob. Don't you worry. Well, of course I love my father. Um, but, yeah, honestly, for 16 years on having a triple-double, that, that is pretty fucking insane to ask, if you ask me. Uh, so good on you, Jordan Clarkson. Finally got the job done for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, good for them. Did they win the game? I don't believe they did. Uh, but, Robbie, there is one thing I would like to talk to you about before we move on to uh, some NHL. Yes. And that is your Brooklyn Nets. That is your Brooklyn Nets, Robbie. They've dropped five in a row. I've seen your Facebook posts about what's going on with the head coaching choosing the starting lineup. I know you disagree with everything because I believe he's sitting Cam Thomas. He's taking him out of the starting rotation. So, yeah, Robbie, they, besides they this, I have Nets dropped fifth in a row. Robbie to rant. So, Robbie, the floor is yours, my friend. I'm do my best not to rant. But um, I just remember you were at the Leafs game when they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm going back and forth between that and um, the hockey games. I sent you a picture. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to really catch up on hockey. I'm watching all the hockey. So I'm going back and forth between this Nets and Leafs and all the other games. And I go to the third court and I realize Bridges, O'Neal, and... Um, Cam Thomas and didn't know. I think Timmy was inactive. Regardless, they were sitting to start the third. I was like, okay, I guess this is their way of doing the rest. They played the first half. It is what it is, I guess. But they kept it close to them all the way to the end of the third quarter. They never threw Cam Thomas back in. They never threw Bridges back in. They never threw O'Neal in. And come to find out, Zachary, Bridges, O'Neal, Cam Thomas didn't play the first half. They stopped... After the first fucking quarter. And just today, Zach, the Brooklyn Nets were fined $100,000 for their antics. They said that after looking at the injury report, because they sat Cam Johnson, they sat Dorian Finney-Smith, they sat Nicholas Claxton, 
the Nets are the first team to be penalized for the whole not stop resting players. And let me tell you something, Zachary. Jock Vaughn, you're a fucking hypocrite. You're an idiot. How are you going to go into the season in front of a bunch of microphones and say we're going to we're going to be the most we might not be the most talented, but we're going to be the hardest working team. We're going to hustle this, that, yada, yada, and the other thing. And then you do this? And they could have been that game against the Milwaukee Bucks. And honestly, dude, since then, when I watch the game, it's like the team like lost a step. I think so many of them were so completely pissed off by that decision that I think, honestly, I think they might have given up on Jack Vaughn. You can't fucking well, do that, dude. That yeah, makes it's, you look it's like not a good morale such thing either. a fucking bitch. And the fact that he hasn't come out yet and said, you know what, maybe I was wrong. No, he tries to defend it. It disgusts me. And Zachary, you're looking for a rant. There's nothing to yell about. I understand that I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan. I had Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Brooke Lopez, D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Andre Karolinko, Jason Terry, Kevin Durant. Zero! Rings! I know for those of you that didn't hear that, he said zero fucking rings. So, well, Robbie, you know what? Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna move on from this before you have an aneurysm. And I think this stat will actually make you feel a little bit better because I did forget to announce when we were talking about the Toronto Raptors, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that the fact that the Detroit Pistons losing streak by 28 games is over, and it came at the hands of the Toronto Raptors. So good on you, Toronto. Good on you. Well, now we are etched our name into history books as the team that the Pistons finally were able to beat. But, Robbie, why don't we cheer you up a little bit here, brother? Why don't we cheer but you up a little bit? But at least it came due to the aftermath of a trade. That is true. We had no really not too many players playing, but that's just typical Toronto fashion. Rob, why don't, you, why don't we cheer you up a little bit? Why don't we start talking about a little bit of hockey? We'll get that smile on your face a little bit. You know, we'll... Oh, Jesus. Just put your head down for fuck's sakes. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say about when it comes to basketball, Robert, before we make our move over to the NHL? Damn it. Please hold. That's what I got to say. Oh, this is going to be interesting here. That's what I got to say. He's out of the air, folks. Okay, well, anyways, guys, um, 802. We got a little bit of hockey, a little bit of baseball. We might go past our 815 deadline here, folks, but there's really no Thursday night football tonight. So really, who gives a flying fuck? You know what I mean? In the hockey news, guys, uh, we got some goalie problems here that just continue to plow through the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, Robbie. Um. Finally, finally, Bradtree Living and the management core has said enough is enough with Ilya Samsonov. 
They have put him on waivers, which he has now officially cleared to start his AHL conditioning stint to wake the fuck up. I don't know what happened to this guy, Robbie, but he's playing like a legitimate fucking retard this year. And uh, another problem that I have with him is out of the 60 goalies in the NHL this year, do you know where Elias Samsonov ranks in statistics? 60. 60th. He is the worst goalie statistically in the NHL this season. This is something that needed to happen in due time. The Leafs will be calling up. I forgot the gentleman's name, um, but he is now statistically the biggest goalie in the NHL at 6'7", 260-something pounds. Yeah. Now, sometimes bigness doesn't always help when it comes to goalie because they lose some agility. But if you also look at another really big goalie, a guy like a Vasilevsky, he's pretty fucking good. So maybe the size will help, and maybe the least will get that much-needed push in the goaltender position because right now it is just not looking good for the goalie situation in Toronto, Robbie. No, and you know what, Zach? I brought this to your attention. I said the Leafs are one of the better scoring teams in hockey, but the problem is, is they it's the defense and it's the goalie. But like when I'm watching these games... I don't know hockey well as good as you do, but so many times I watch, I'm like, if they were just like an inch or two to the left and where they normally are, then maybe they have a chance to to stop it. And when I was watching that game against Ottawa that you went to, I believe they lost four to two, right? Yeah. They should have lost six or seven to two. They had two or three pucks go off the fucking post. Yeah. Um, and then the game that was the 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 cake on top or the icing on the top of the cake for me was the game against Columbus Blue Jackets when the Leafs just dominated. They they controlled every aspect of the ice and they somehow still lost six to five because Samsonov legitimately could not save a fucking peach ball, Robbie. Austin it, it Matthews was, has 30 goals on the year and they only have 45 points as a team. Yeah, yeah. The, the goaltending is something that needs to be fixed it, between For the them longest and Edmonton. time ever since you had me on board of this team. Yeah, that's you always know, been our and, problem. And Anderson goes to Carolina. He looks tremendous. Jack Campbell leaves. Yeah, he sucks, but... I mean, why not try to go after Flurry after all these years? Why not call up Philly and say what it's going to take to get Hart? I don't get it. You you would understand better than me. I just don't get it. I rather sacrifice. I'm sorry. I know you're probably going to disagree, Zach. I told you before. I'm willing to sacrifice Mitch Marner or William Nylander. They're not going to be able to get rid of Tavares because of the contract. But God sakes, a goalie away from like really being a, a scary team. Well, the problem with that was if the trade to sacrifice Mitch Marner would have had to been done before July 1st yeah, of the season. Yep, I know. Because now his no trade clauses kicked in, and yep. he's not going to lift that to yeah. fucking to go into all this shit. And also, Robbie, talking about William Nylander, I didn't have us on my notes because really there's no truth to this whatsoever. But they were talking about this on the Spitting Chickas podcast this week, and they were saying that William Nylander had an offer for like $11.2 million a year to stay with the Leafs that he really wants to take. But apparently his dad is the one in his ear going, nope, nope, nope. You need to take more money than that. So if that is the case, I think that the fucking, obviously there's no truth to this whatsoever. There's just a rumor that the chickless guys are talking about. But if that is the case, I think the dads really need to take a step fucking back and realize how much money $11.2 million is. For hockey like the, I mean, it's a lot of fucking money, man. And you're playing in a city like Toronto where you are a legitimate Beloved. god if you play on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, to me, it doesn't make much sense. But, Robbie, enough leave talk here because I heard you mention a man's name, Mark andre Fleury, and we need to show this guy some respect. I got you right now. I got you right now. Please hold. Please hold. Here it is. Holding. Hold on. For those of you that would like to know why me and Robbie are clapping, 
is because Marc Andre Fleury just played in his 1,000th game as an NHL starter, which is a good stat. Don't get me wrong. Not too many goalies play 1,000 games. The crazier stat of the two is he is one game away, one win away, sorry, from tying Patrick Waugh second all time in NHL wins by a goaltender at 500. Let me get the number right here. At 551 wins. I believe he has the chance to go for that tonight. So keep your fingers crossed that the flower can get the job done. In the end, he's going to get one or two more wins a season. He will be the second most winning, winning this goalie of all time. I'm going to say it, Robbie. I think there was a lot of people when Pittsburgh took Marc-Andre Fleury in 2003 with the number one overall pick in the draft, there was a lot of people that kind of looked at them like they were fucking stupid. And I think that they picked a Hall of Fame goaltender. No shit. His resume speaks for itself. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No shit. And if you look at the, some of the shit that he does off the ice, Robbie, he's fucking hilarious. I haven't got a chance to see nothing. Like, he, he has uh, one guy, uh, Brandon Dillon, that's on his team. He'll always take his clothes and his shoes and shit after the practice so the guy has to leave the rink with no shirt on or no shoes on. So the other week, Brandon Dillon, because uh, he was calling Flurry old, he took his goalie stick away and he left a, a cane on top yeah, of I saw net. that, and he started practicing and with Fleury the cane. And Fleury played the practice with the cane. That's his goalie stick. So it's just going to show you the type of guy he is. And I'm so happy to see him with this great career as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan myself, next to the Leafs, of course. I'm always a big Fleury guy, and I can't wait to see him get that set, that get, the, eh, get that other win and solidify himself as one of the greatest goalies of our time that we've seen. This isn't fair. You have two teams. Steve has two teams. It's not fair. Well, I have uh, the Leafs are my team. I, I like Pittsburgh because of Crosby. And then, like, I'll, I'll cheer for them if the Leafs aren't there, but the, the Leafs are my team. It's not fair. And also, I guess, Robbie, if we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins, we have to talk about Sidney Crosby because he has hit yet another milestone, Robbie, getting his 1,540th point last game in a mere 1,226 games. Sidney Crosby has now moved past Joe Thornton for 12th all time in the NHL points list. The highest-scoring active player still playing today. Uh, Joe Thornton had 1,539 points in 1,714 games. So Crosby did it in about 500 less games than Joe Thornton. Yeah. I mean, the the guy is just an absolute legend. Uh, He's going to continue to move up this list, especially with the way he's playing this season. I love it. I love Sidney Crosby. I love to watch him play. Go, Crosby, go. Why don't you make out with him? If you gave me the shot, I'd totally make out of them. <laughs> um, I saw something too, Zach, of like how crazy Connor McDavid's points have been like per year. I, I don't have it obviously in front of me, but I saw something crazy where like it was average and then just like it was like 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, 80, 90, And 90. then with the McDavid? Yeah. Oh, he was average. And it was like, well, he had the one season, his first year he got hurt. So he played like a point per game, uh, 44 points in 47 games. And then it was pretty much all the 100-point seasons after that for him. I mean, if you're looking at point per game, McDavid is blowing Crosby out of the water. But if you're looking at an all-around hockey player, I mean, Crosby in his prime, I'm still taking him 10 times out of 10, Robbie. I'm still taking Crosby 10 times out of 10 in the prime. Zach, I'm just going through the hockey notes here. I didn't realize this. This is embarrassing, bro. It's great. Leafs beat the Ducks. They took the Anaheim Ducks into overtime. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? Yeah, that's the least for you, buddy. They play down to the opponent. Um, and if we're talking about a, a a league with a bunch of teams that could possibly beat the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, we would be remiss to say that the Professional Women's Hockey League has now begun here, Robbie. Um, 
<laughs> we have to point it out the PWHL has begun. They had their first couple games. I didn't see any of it, Robbie, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. If you look at the clips on Twitter, these broads are fucking each other up up there, and it's actually <laughs> kind of entertaining to watch. They're is throwing it, booming hits. Is it hits. hot, too? Is it hot? Some of them are pretty sexy. I'm not going to lie it to you. There's a couple of making out in the middle of the ice. Boner? They were scissoring and shit. You get a raging boner I think it's from it? Fantastic. I had a pretty hard on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Robbie, <laughs> the last bit of hockey news we have here before we end off with some MLB. The Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights yep. faced off in the another installment of the Winter Classic. Yep. What I'm going to call the ugliest jersey matchup I've ever seen in yes. Winter Classic history. These two jerseys were designed by blind, deaf fucking idiots, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but in the end, the Seattle Kraken get the job done. They shut out the Vegas Golden Knights, who are kind of faltering a little bit here, Robbie. They have not looked like the same Vegas Golden Knights to start the season in the last couple weeks. They're they're really good at home. They're thirteen three and two on the road. They're nine eight and three. And if I saw the shutout was the first shutout in the uh, the the uh, Winter Classic history. Winter Classic was it history? I think it's history. To be honest, I don't think there's ever been a wow. shutout in the Winter Classic before. Wow, insane. Insane. And the atmosphere in Seattle was fucking Incredible. unreal. That looked like a fantastic Winter Classic game to go to. The home team gets the job done. The fans go home happy. And now they can burn all those absolute atrocious mm-hmm. uniforms, Robbie. I, I agree with you. Wasn't a now, fan I, s- I see you yawning there, sir. I'm sorry. So I, why I, we... I had a hard time sleeping last night. It's not that I'm bored no, that... hockey talk, man. <laughs> no, I, we, we've been going for a while. Though, so why don't we we'll purr through this MLB news. And, and this we'll editing our... is going to suck tonight. Yeah, that's why. You know what? We'll get out of here quick then for you, Robert, because we really don't have much for MLB. The first thing we have to talk about is the Blue Jays. Wait, Zach, you know what? I actually want to uh, play yep. something really quick, if you don't mind, because you know what? Yeah, you go right ahead. I've gotten the request. And Zachary, it's January. We're on the road to WrestleMania. You I go right you, ahead. I know you hate wrestling, but dude, you know this guy. We had a major return. Yeah! I didn't hear too much of that. Oh, and then I can see the video. Who is it? Who is it? I haven't seen it yet. The Rock. From Miami, Florida. Weighing 265 pounds. The Rock! The Rock is back! He is back, ladies and gentlemen. I don't give a shit if you shit on wrestling, love wrestling. I don't give a fuck. You know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. And he is a part of the biggest road to WrestleMania in a very, very long time. And he returned for the millions and millions of Rock fans around the world. And you can tell him Robbie's pretty fucking high up right there. And also, Bob, I have to point out, Bob said you can edit it on Saturday during the snowstorm. Well, Bob, that kind of uh, defeats no. the purpose of getting the podcast up uh, as soon as possible. This is why he would never be our producer. Uh, but he did say cue up the you are a douchebag segment. So he had this side of the crowd saying you are and the other side saying a douchebag. heard you are a douchebag. You are a douchebag. It was awesome. The dude is fucking electric. I love the Rock. He he just he's just a pure entertainment factor is what the guy is. Dude, he brings his, it everywhere he his goes. His catchphrases are just fucking incredible. You got the if you smell what the Rock is cooking. You got the millions. You have the crayon screaming and millions of Rock's fans. Wait, what'd you say? And the millions. It doesn't matter what ah! you say. 
Yeah, um, I, I don't know what the plan is, but you know what, Zachary? We're fans of The Rock here. We're going to be keeping a close eye, but one thing we do know is that The Rock did say that if he was to go to the bar in San Francisco, or I think they're in San Diego, excuse me. It's probably a gay bar. Whoa, why would it be a gay bar? San Francisco is full of gays. I, I don't I know. There's a problem with that. Are you sure? Because it sounds like 2024 is the year that you hate the gays. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take that back. I do not hate the gays. I was just pointing out a statistical fact. I I think you kind of did. But uh, this is where The Rock said that he's looking uh, to go to next. Uh Uh-oh. Whoops. Or should The Rock sit at the head of the table? Now, in case you don't know, Zachary, because you don't. You don't watch wrestling. Not a goddamn clue. Roman Reigns has been WWE champion for over three years. There's never, for my lifetime, it's the longest WWE title held ever, ever. Surpassing Cena, surpassing CM Punk, surpassing The Rock, surpassing Austin, surpassing The Undertaker, surpassing every wrestler you can so think of. So he's paying off the scriptwriters. Essentially. And Roman Reigns and The Rock are cousins. Something's going to spark off and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch it the rest of the way through. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Well, you guys can't see Robbie's lower half, but he has a absolute raging no, direction right no, now. No, 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 no. Mr. Robert, why don't we get through some of this baseball news and Let's we can send it. our folks packing. Let's do it. To start it off, the Toronto Blue Jays make a signing. Robbie, I'm sure you know a bunch about this guy. What is it? Isaiah Culfer Falafa? Falafel? <laughs> the fuck's this guy's name? Say it again. Isaiah what? Isaiah Kalafel Falafel or something like that, whatever the fuck this guy's name is. Kalafel <laughs> Well, <laughs> Isaiah. Whatever this. I see. You should love it because the name is Isaiah. Isaiah <laughs> Kiner Falafa. I'm pretty close. Pretty close. Isaiah <laughs> Kalafel Falafel. He is now a <laughs> member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, they do this after bringing back Kevin Kiermeyer. So I'm happy with Kevin Kiermeyer, but. Falafel, falafel. I don't really give a fuck about <laughs> this guy. I hope to God he's on our starting rotation because I've heard Robbie just complain about this fucking dweeb for goddamn years, and now I had to look at this fucking idiot wearing a Blue Jays jersey. When we were supposed to get Shohei Otani, what do we end up with? Kalafel, falafel. That's who we end up with. Somebody clip Toronto, that, please. Toronto fucking Blue Jays for you, baby. Kalafel, falafel. <laughs> Hey, but you brought Kevin Kiermaier back, man. Yeah, well, Kiermaier, I'm kind of happy with. You know, it's an okay dollar value to bring him back. It seems like he wanted to stay in Toronto, so either that or there's, there's no one making a call to him. No one's making a call. But we at least we were able to bring him back. IKF, I mean, not the guy that I really want on the Blue Jays. Maybe he has a resurgence. I don't know, Robbie. Is there any upside to this guy? Gold glove third baseman. So if he is going to be your starting third baseman or Mac Chapman, you have that. Well, probably is because Matt Chapman's probably walking. And he also um, was a catcher for the Texas Rangers. So if Alejandro Kirk eats too many cheeseburgers and has a heart attack or Danny Jansen gets hurt again, he could play catcher. Well, there we go. So Although I guess we'll he never played catcher I... for the Yankees, I don't think. No, he did because the only thing he had to do was play first base, and he would have played around the diamond last year. He played every position last year except first base. He pitched. Okay, so he's a bit of a he's a bit of a versatile piece to have out well, there. Well, they kind of forced him into the whole outfield thing, and he was okay. But 
he's a good third baseman, not really good shortstop. You're just gonna have to. It's a super utility player. It's it's basically a Will Whit Merrifield backup plan. Okay, well, in other news, the Mets are bringing back Harrison Bader. Not bringing for a back, they're bringing him in. So bringing him in, sorry, for a one-year deal. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. He you went to the enemy. You wanted to keep him? Not really. I mean, the, after they trade for Juan Soto, no. They have no use for him. They have Alex Verdugo and Juan Soto. But if I'm a Mets fan, I'm severely We just want to take this. this moment to salute you. Marcus! The greatest fans in the world. You sexy beast, Mark. I fucking love you too, Marcus. Cheers, Marky. Thirsty Thursday, baby. Drink up. Um, no, I think Bader Bader had some good moments, but two things with Bader. One, he's hot and cold. Two, injury prone. And for the Mets, you just gave um, Brandon Nimmo $20 million to last year. You have Starling Marte. Are you going to put him in left field? Is that going to end up happening here? I don't know, but I, I just think that the Mets are – that was a way of trying to like show the fans, hey, we're, we're trying really, really, really hard. Also, if we're going to be honest, I think Harrison's parents really missed the boat by not naming him master. <laughs> you're right. You're right. What else we got there for base? Marcus, Chris. it's a good thing you're here. Well, Mark, Mark, you just came right at the right time, brother, because we are about to talk about the Atlanta Braves trading for starting pitcher who still has some juice left in the tank. Chris Sale is traded to the Atlanta Braves for very high prospect Vaughn. Grisham. Robbie, what does this do to the Atlanta Braves starting rotation? Well, it depends. I mean, what kind of version are you getting from Chris Sale? Because you know what? Chris Sale at one point was um, arguably the best pitcher in baseball. And then, I mean, how often is he going to get hurt? This guy's been hurt for some of the weirdest injuries. Zachary, did you hear about some of the injuries that he's been uh, that he's sustained in his career? I can't say I have. Read off these puppies. Um, I don't need to read them off because they're memorized. One well, of them was a, uh, a belly button piercing. Okay. Pardon me? Uh, belly, bar, uh, belly button piercing. Was this guy gay? The other one was a bicycle accident. So he is gay. <laughs> so, I mean, anything can happen, but the Atlanta Braves did get Chris Sale. Should we do it one more time? That that has to be his song when he comes out to fucking pitch. I mean, they're Sal. I can't hear his song. Sal. I was gonna say, thank God, Ploof, because that makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, and Robbie, now that we have our good buddy, Mister John Sexy Pants Ploof here, we can end off our show talking about the Red Sox. <laughs> Lucas Giolito, <laughs> two years, $38 million to shoot up for the Boston Red Sox for the next two years. Robbie, I don't know fuck all about this guy. So before we leave, I want you to just, just give me a little blurb about Mr. Giolito or uh, Giolito. <laughs> you know, say Isaiah Connor, pull up his name again. Well, call for falafel. <laughs> oh, I'll good, try it. I'll clip that from later on. I'll, we'll make that a little TikTok. <laughs> we should have had a Joey Otani. We got clutter for <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Giolito um, first came into the scenes as a uh, Washington National where he only started uh, four games. 
came in with the White Sox, wasn't anything impressive, and then he started making some mechanical adjustments to uh, his repertoire, and for that reason, he was a all-star in 2019 and a finalist for the Cy Young in. Um, a, a very good strikeout pitcher. I mean, we're talking about a guy that one season um, had the lowest amount of ERAs with 118 um, for the uh, for the season, I believe, but he didn't make that many starts. I believe he was due to an injury. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. I don't fucking know, but I know this. Giolito at one point was a very, very, very good pitcher that you didn't want to fuck with. Um, 176.2 innings, 228 strikeouts. Oh, wow. The uh, 2019 Chicago White Sox, and then he had the COVID year. Uh, 2021, 178 innings pitched, 201 strikeouts. And then for some reason, teams started figuring him out. The, um, thank you, Father. Bob. 2023, he went between the White Sox, the Angels, and the Guardians, and he finished that season with 184 innings pitched with 204 strikeouts, but his ERA was a 4.88. He had a 6. 8-9 ERA in uh, six games started with the Angels and then five games started with the Guardians. He had a 7.04. So hopefully we have a bit of a resurgence here uh, in the Red Sox uniform for Mr. Giolito. Um, no, because fuck the Red Sox. So, uh, well, there we go, Blue. He said it, I didn't. Yep, fuck the Red Sox. But Mr. Robert... I believe that is the episode for our fine folks today. We had a nice two-hour banger to start off 2024 of the sports game. Expect a lot of shit happening this season, folks. This is the year where we take this goddamn cocksucker to the moon. Now, I know you see what I'm doing here, Robbie. Queue up the sale. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for sticking around with us with the uh, technical difficulties there earlier on in the show. Glad we got it resolved very, very, very quickly. Um, Enjoy week 18 of football because you know what, folks? It's like what we said. It comes and it goes. And boy, did this season fly by fast. We had so many things happen this regular season. And we'll see what happens when we come back here live on Monday right before the national championship game. Along with my co-host, Zach Roden, I'm Robbie Clark. Thank you all for tuning in. Zachary, tell them what to do. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to have an unreal 2024 with the boys of Sports Cave. Burp coming. (laughs) And that right there, folks, is the only way I know how to end off this podcast. And guys, just like 2023, there's only one thing left to say to start off this 2024. Stay the sexy sports cave.